Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Absolutely. Now, at number, number eight, we had Sam Walker's... Sam Walker had a nice, miraculous comeback against the Sharks. Is that, is that what you had? Yeah, mate, You're I on? had Sammy Walker here. And um, an incredible night for a guy... I think this was round five or round six. So, Kiri played the first two weeks and Walker came in. So, this was very, very early days. He was very green. And uh, I actually went back and watched highlights of this game to have a look at it. And Walker... He, he let in a try to Will Kennedy very early. Will Kennedy just ran over the top of him and scored. And, you know, for most 18-year-olds playing their third game of first grade, getting dusted like that should, should rattle them. That's what I love about Walker. Nothing rattles him. He just stands up and delivers. He, he always wants the ball in his hand. It was 18-10 to 10 with 11 minutes to go. And um, he put this pass in to Daniel Tupu on the left edge. You know, those big floating balls he does, which, you know, were the trademark of him this year. And... I watched the play before that. He, he went down the right edge. He dropped um, Tupanua down on the tram line, and then he just sprinted out to the other outside the post to get himself into the spot for the next play and landed that pass. Sort of did a bit of a double take on it, like, like Joey used to do, and he, he let the defense come up and make a mistake. And it's just it, like mm. that that whole think fast, play slow. You normally don't see that till guys are 30 years old. For Walker to be doing it when he's 18 in his third game of footy, it was unbelievable, and, you know, the job wasn't done. Daniel Tupu, an unbelievable effort. Oh, I think you've said it a number of times. Probably the most underrated guy in rugby league. Definitely the most underrated uh, winger, in my opinion. But what I noticed was on the next try, he scored it himself. Beat Chad Townsend. Now, when you watch the yeah, defensive line, yeah, I'm sure you would have seen it too. You watch the defensive yeah. line, mate, the winger, his torso is facing the sideline because he knows fuck, this kid can throw a ball 20 metres whenever he wants. So then the centre's shifting out as well. So it's just an entire shifting line that are so scared they're going to get on the outside of him. Man, it just, it creates havoc with the defensive line when you know one, like, and, and you know, with all due respect to Sam Walker, probably every half in the game can throw that pass, but having the confidence to do it is just something else. And you know Walker's got the confidence to do it. So it just, it shifts the whole defensive line. You saw Chad Townsend, he got sucked into the back rower. And then he just made a sprint for the sideline because he just thought that's sort of where the ball was going. Um, mate, he's got 
a special career in front of him, Sam Walker. We spoke about it a few weeks ago, how, how banged up he gets and stuff. But, mate, just that, that, that 15 minutes or so, I mean, it might be over the top, but that was Joey-like. I think he, he scored one and set up two or three in, in the last, you know, 15 minutes. It was incredible. I, I Look, I know people, when you say the word Joey, when you invoke his name, you immediately get pushback. I totally, and I totally understand it. We don't want to be, have recency bias and, you know, start comparing players and then, you know, the dust settles and we go, okay, maybe it wasn't, but I, I totally agree. I think that that was Joey like, you know, that 20 minutes, there isn't many halves that really, it's the beauty of Joey. Like he could just make things happen just out of nothing. And he would make, he would be so deceptive with the ball. You know, he would it's, it sounds exactly the same. He would go, he would keep throwing the ball long, keep throwing the ball long, and then he'd hit this incredible short ball. And it was all about putting these thoughts in the defensive defensive line's head of like constantly being worried about the option that he's actually not going to take. Yep. And Sam Walker did that. He was throwing these crazy long balls, scored a, you know one or two tries off it. Then he throws a dummy. Townsend's no mug either. Townsend's experienced. He's been, he's won a grand final. Yep. You know, he's beat Townsend beat the Melbourne Storm in a grand final. So for Sam Walker to be playing mind games with a defensive line at 18 years old, it is incredible. Like, I cannot express – people don't understand that. These weren't tries where, oh, how good was it that Sam Walker just executed the last pass on a really great play because he had had an extra number on the side, like on the the edge there. These were plays that were concocted and created – purely by Sam Walker's mind. Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, usually we see a young guy come in and we're giving him major apps because he executed a coach's play. We're going, you know, the coach's play that was, that he's been training all preseason. He nailed it. Fuck. What a good player. Sam Walker literally went out there and just conjured up deception, conjured up execution. And that was what was so incredible about that 15 minutes. Again, we're not sitting here saying he is Andrew Johns, but it was very Johns-esque of taking a game by the scruff of the neck, using deception and manipulation over a period of time to score tries in both directions. Yeah, and for, and I, I think as well for people that are listening, like it's worth back, it's worth going back and watching the highlights of that game, and it's worth watching the play before they score off where Sam Walker, he, he dumps t- Tupanua over on the right touch line. The play before uh, where he scores himself, you see him behind the ruck and he's barking at Jared Rhea Hargraves, get one to the sticks, take it there, and then he gets the ball. Like, it made even to be 18 years old. Um, imagine if I said to you, hey, can you scream at Jared Rhea Hargraves and tell him where to be? I couldn't think of anything yeah. worse. And this kid is... And, and people say, oh, he's been doing it all preseason. He really hadn't because he wasn't the halfback in the 5'8". He hadn't done those sort of reps in the preseason. He'd stepped in here and there. He was like third or fourth in line. Exactly. Yeah. And now he, here he is, round five against the Sharks, who, I mean, they're a tough bunch too, Cronulla. That's what they've been built on. They're tough. They're resilient. And for him to have that sort of mm-hmm. game when they're down, I thought it was incredible. And, you know, there the, the was the last pass he threw to Brett Morris in that game where Tedesco dug into the line and then uh, Sam Walker got, got, got the ball a little bit wider and, he wasn't at first receiver like he is sometimes. He's a little bit wider and threw another one of these floating balls. And I think people underappreciate how much balls it takes to let the ball float in the air for that long. Like the longer the ball when is you... in the air, the more opportunity it is to get snatched, the more opportunity the defensive line has to react to it. Walker makes it look so easy. It's not even funny. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. And and the guts, when you're behind, you know, if they take that intercept and, and run the length, he's a villain. He's the worst bloke in the world. What an idiot. Why are you throwing long balls? Just get through your set, build pressure, all the typical stuff we hear. Uh, so that was an incredible moment to watch. And again, I totally agree with you. Well, it wasn't just Sam Walker came out and had a blinder. It was Sam Walker came out and got busted up by Wade Graham in that first half. Like they were targeting Sam Walker and Wade Graham was a king of that. Wade Graham gets injured. They go away from busting Sam Walker up. He, and then he has the mental fortitude in the second half to bounce back. Do you know what I mean? It's one, it's one thing to, it was just his day, but that's, a, I think it, it's going to get lost in the fog. It wasn't Sam Walker's day. He was getting fucking just blokes running left, right at center. And he was, he was, you know, he was holding his shoulder so it, it was actually he he fought to make it his day, uh, and that makes it even more incredible. Yeah, and I mean we you know we obviously said before whenever you mention Joey, people sort of shit themselves and get upset. But the other thing about Joey is that he could have been a back rower if he wanted to. Sam Walker's seventy nine yeah. kilos. Like for him to be True. doing what he's doing, just incredible. And you know he obviously went went on to have a number of big big moments throughout the season. But it definitely is that that Cronulla game where. He really did, you know, announce himself on the big stage. We've heard about this kid for so long. There's been years where, you know, the last year, that's that's the other thing with Sam Walker that people underappreciate. Mate, the kid didn't play rugby league last year. COVID, he did not play rugby league. And now he's come out in yeah. his third game of first grade and he's dissed to the Cronulla Sharks. I mean, they won a premiership four or five years ago. They, they were a top eight team the year before that. It's unbelievable. Yep. Now, uh, the next we've got here is Parramatta and end Melbourne Storm's winning streak with a 22-10 victory. They go on to finish the season pretty well as Parramatta. So we've got some positive for the Parramatta fans. I feel like Eels fans do get um, a bit of flack for some reason because like, they always finish in the top five and yet they're on, because they're on the edge of the powerhouses, they get the, – the Eels have the expectation of a powerhouse without the same – tools as a powerhouse. Do you know what I mean? They get yep. the same pressure as a powerhouse. Um, and and you, know, you know what? You'd rather be that than a team that, oh, yeah, we made the finals. How good's that? Uh, but I thought that was a massive moment for the Eels against the Storm, uh, ending the Storm's winning streak. And, and it was a team that had been known to fade out at the end of the year. I actually think that it's, it's, it's really, it's sad for the, the Parramatta Eels because this really kick-started their momentum into a finals berth. You know what I mean? And yeah. then that, that game against the Penrith Panthers where it tr- they truly didn't deserve to lose, but neither did the Penrith Panthers. And this game against the Storm, I just think that that would have gave them that, given them enough confidence to really have cracked the Storm in the prelim final, and then they could have been in a grand final. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game where they broke the, the Storm's streak? Mate, I was very vocal during the season, especially when I was talking to you, that I just didn't think Parramatta had it in them to compete in the finals. Mate, we got to the end of this game and I sort of went, fuck, all right, you know, here we are. They're, they're about to go on this tough run of teams. I think people forget how hard Parramatta's run home was into the finals. It was incredibly difficult. This night, they were unreal. Melbourne, you know, they, these funny sort of things happen in rugby league. Melbourne were trying to break the Roosters' record from 1975, um, coached by Jack Gibson, captained by Arthur Beetson. Parramatta, they'd win a comp five years later, captained, uh, sorry, with, with Artie Beetson and coached by... Uh, the great Jack Gibson as well. So it's funny how those little things happen in rugby league, beaten by Parramatta that night uh, to not break that record. And, mate, I'll be honest with you, when, when, I, when, I, when I wrote this game down, because for me it was the game of the regular season, um, I straight away thought, geez, I remember Dylan Brown having a really good game that night. And then I went and took the, checked the stats and 
And it was, you know, 12 runs, it was 20 tackles and nothing else. And I was like, oh, maybe I've got the game confused. I went back and watched it. And mate, talking about what we were talking about with Dylan Brown the other night, it didn't show on stats, but mate, he had a hand in two tries and he made two try-saving tackles that stopped tries in this game as well. They won by 12 points. He was worth about 20 points on this evening. But the way that we call try assists and line break assists in the modern game, he gets absolutely nothing for it. And then all of a sudden you look at the stat sheet at the end of the game and he's got duck eggs everywhere. But, mate, he had an absolute blind to that game, Dylan Brown. There's um, The second try they score, I think it's Hayes Dunster on the left edge. The way that he manipulates J- Jerome Hughes and just sucks him in unbelievably creates, you know, a, a three-on-two for Clint Gutho with, you know, granted he has to ice still, but... You get to the end of the game, and Guthrie's got a try assist, line break assist, mate. It's Dylan Brown that's created that, and I think that's quite often what gets overlooked when it comes to Dylan Brown as a footballer. He made two unbelievable tackles as well. There was one where um, I think it was Lume Lume's going to score. Dylan Brown came from smack in the middle of the field. He Rappenhausen palmed him off under the dot on the 40-meter line, and then he made a tackle on the left touch line a meter out to stop a try. Like... I know people want to bag Dill Brown. I, I, you know, after we spoke about him the other day, I had people message me and say, "Oh, you, you, you're just fanboys because he's a cool guy." But if you want to see what Dylan Brown is about, go and watch this game from start to finish, and and just watch him and the work he does. I, I know a lot of people are saying Dylan Brown's done. I think he's so far from it; it's not even funny. Oh man, I mean, <laughs> just to clear things up, guys. I don't give a fuck who's a cool guy and who's not a cool guy. Oh, exactly. It's, think- it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> If you think that my footy analyst is based on how fucking cool a bloke is, get, look, look, honestly, look down between your legs and punch yourself in the dick <laughs> right now. Because you are a fucking moron. How cool someone is does not come into consideration no. on who I think is a good footy player. If you go, There's two parts to rugby league. There's two parts to rugby league. Let me repeat that. There is two parts to rugby league. Defense and attack. Dylan Brown is one of the best defensive 5'8s in the game. Can his attack use some work? Absolutely. Is he 21 years old? Yes. How many times was Nathan Cleary absolutely pizzled in the first few seasons of his career? He's not a big game player. He's never going to amount to his name. He's ruined the club by signing him and his dad. He was getting crucified. We fast forward a couple of years. Now he is being praised as one of the best players we've seen in a very long time. I'm not sitting here saying that Dylan Brown will eventually be that, but you cannot tell me that he doesn't have the foundations at the very least to be a premier five, eight. He's got all the physical attributes. His defense is already at an, at an elite level. So that, so one part of his game is at an elite level. It's just his attack where it's all confidence in my opinion. And also we have to remember footy is a team game. When you have such a dominant player in Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson, and you're the guy in between them, where, do you, where does Dylan Brown get time to shine when you've got Gutho and, and Clint? I mean, we saw how Gutho and, and, and Moses go and skits at each other on the field. Dylan Brown's in between. Like, do we forget? It's, it's just, it's silly. It's so silly. Again, of course, you'd want him to have more tries this. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that Dylan Brown can't improve. We were very clear, very, very clear, that we want to see more out of Dylan Brown next year. Uh, but, yeah, Dylan, he is an elite-level defensive player that is finding his feet in first grade and finding his role. What, what is he going to bring to the Mitchell Moses-Clint Gutherson uh, combination? Because make no mistake about it, 
that team is Mitch Moses and Clint Gutherson's team. Whatever they say goes. And it's going to take a couple years for Dylan Brown's voice to be strong enough and balanced enough to be able to say to Mitch Moses and Gutho, oi, shut up. I'm taking a play down here. Or not even shut up. Um, Gutho, get down the short side. I need you, need you there. Um, and who, who knows? He may not develop into that player. I'm not saying he definitely will. But how many times do we have to see a young guy slowly develop into a gun before we realize that we can't expect these 21-year-olds and 22-year-olds to be mature 30-year-old players. We need to give them time to develop. And I think Dylan Brown, I think he had a solid year. I don't think it was bad at all. It, I think that you'd probably give him an 8 out of 10 for his defense and his attack maybe a 6, which would give him a 7 out of 10 year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not understanding the, the Dylan Brown negativity. I, I just That's bizarre to me. I think he's actually progressing quite well in, when it comes to him as a footy player. And mate, as I said before, if you go back and you watch this game and you just watch Dylan Brown, I, I think we get too focused on stats sometimes. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say I only had two tries this last year. Fuck, mate, he, he had two tries this in this game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There was one where he scooted down the short side. He came from the overside. He went down the short side. He created a three on two. He drew him past to Bryce Cartwright. And Bryce Cartwright threw the ball to the winger. And they gave Cartwright a try assist. He had another one where he completely manipulated the defense. He put Clint Gutherson in a three-on-two. Gutho gets a try assist. Like, it's very similar to Adam Reynolds at South Sydney. You watch what Adam Reynolds does, and, mate, he's not getting a try assist in every play, but he bloody well should because he's creating all these mm. opportunities for Cody Walker, and I think it's something that we really do underappreciate. Where- hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago... If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sometimes stats do lie. I think that's, oh, that's the bottom line. I think people get too attached to stats and too attached to, you know, super coach scores and stuff like that when you've actually got to watch the way that this kid goes about his footy. And as you said, mate, this is Moses and, and Gutherson's team. And with all due respect to them, so it should be. They're 27, mm. 28. They're almost 30-year-old, you know, ball players in this team. It should be their team. It shouldn't be Dylan Brown's team. And, you know, I'm the same as you. I'm not saying Dylan Brown's going to turn into a premier seven, but... You know, he, he might be a, a, a career 5'8", but there, there's nothing wrong with that. He has got supreme talent. And if you're doubting him, I, I, I think you're kidding yourself, to be honest with you. I agree. I, I, I think you're setting the bar way too high for a 21-year. And also, are we forgetting that the Eels had the best year they've had since probably 2009? Yeah, I, I, it's the closest like, I, I've seen them go to win a premiership, in my opinion, since then, yeah. I, I mean, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's bizarre. And so, look, it's it's. I'm totally in the same boat as you. It's not to say that Dylan Brown will go on to be, you know, the the next Brad Fittler or something like that. But it is to say, let's not get caught up in, in stats. When you watch Dylan Brown play defensively, he's so good. He's so strong in D. Um, and, he, you know, he'll grow in attack. He'll find his, he'll find his slot back where he knows when to say to Mitchell Moses, I need you to do this for me or get to here for me or it's just going to take time. And, and uh, I, yeah, 
it's as absolutely it has absolutely nothing to do with how cool he is. What do you think? I'm fucking 16 years old. Oh my god. There's a um. Oh, there's <laughs> there's another play in this game where Moses takes it down the left edge. They're about 10 meters out, and, and he puts in a kick, and he gets it all wrong. And Jerome Hughes catches it on the full, and you see Dylan Brown. He's chasing the kick. He actually runs past Jerome Hughes. He then tackles him back on halfway. For him to run mm. past him in 50 metres after his turn and span and come back, for him to be there and make that tackle, there's so many things about Dylan Brown that we underappreciate. We are kind of repeating ourselves from last week, and I think people will apologise over the next few years. But, uh, yeah, he's got so much to offer. There was another tackle in this one that stood out for me. Big junior Paula, he, uh, he ran down Josh Adokar. Incredible moment oh, from this year. That, yeah, I remember that, actually. Mate, Junior Paulo, he is so mobile for how big he is. Yeah. He's so mobile. Uh, yeah, he's a, he, I'm glad they, they signed him because fuck, they couldn't afford to lose a Junior Paulo. Um, how the, do you think the – Yeah, go. I was going to say, how do you think the Eels have navigated this offseason? You know, it, it was silly of them to have this many people coming off. They've managed to keep Gutho. They've managed to keep Moses – because Moses extended in the season, uh, mid-season. They've managed to keep Junior Paulo. They've managed to keep Regan Campbell-Gillard. They've lost Papali'i, Marnie, uh, Kafusi, uh, and Stone for 2023. Yeah, look, I, I, yeah, I, I think the Reed Marnie one's a big loss. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think mm. the, the Ray Stone one, I, I could take it or leave it. The reality is I don't think he's a nine moving forward. I think he's a 13. You've got Nathan Brown there. So as much as I like Ray Stone, I think he's a great signing by the Dolphins. I don't think he's a huge loss for Parramatta as far as their squad goes. Um, you know, if you did need another 13, you know, you could use Junior Paulo in that sort of role as well. So oh, I think they will be okay um, with, without him. I think Isaiah Papali'i, and he's coming off a career-high year that's come from nowhere. I, I I don't mind Parramatta not paying huge overs to keep him there, to be honest with you. It's, it's always a bit of a punt. If he's able to get that big money elsewhere. I'm, I'm sort of happy for him um, to make a move. It's it's very hard off a career high year to to get to those levels. Um, once again, uh, the, the, the money one might worries me, but mate, the guys that you mentioned that they've re-signed between Moses, Gutho and Paulo, mate, that, that, that's a team that's going to get you to finals footy every year, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. And I think it's, you know, as much as we hate, you know, as fans, it sucks that they sign a year out. But it gives the Eels such a chance now to go, okay, we've lost Marnie. We've come to grips with it. They was, they was, oh, I forgot they signed Hodgson as well. Yeah. Um, and so it gives them time to replace Marnie. And I think that the Eels are going to have faith in their development to go, okay, look, maybe we're not going to get a guy as good as Reed Marnie, but maybe we're going to get a guy that's on two to 300K that just delivers really good pill to Mitchell Moses and defends really well. And that's all we need from him. Um, and and then they can spend their money elsewhere. I, I agree with the Papali'i thing. I think, and look, he gets a bad rap because of what happened to the Tigers uh, with Ryan Madison. But he is, you go and watch, when the Eels are going well and Madison is playing, and I know he's had some issues with head knocks, and let's just, let's just assume he's going to be injury-free for the rest of his career. He is a fucking top-tier back rower. And I think the Eels were backing that. I think the Eels are going, look, Ryan Madison, they've probably got him for maybe 400, three to 400. Uh, instead of paying Papali'i 600, we keep Madison because we they re-signed. I'm pretty sure they extended Madison this year. 
Uh, it would have been probably for less than he's worth due to the fact that he'd had some issues with head knocks. I think they're banking on the fact that, you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago, Madison was in the, in the New South Wales squad. Uh, and when you look at when the, the Eels are going well, Madison is a big part of that. Matter of fact, I think it might've been the storm game where he was a big reason for two of their tries. I could be wrong. Um, Crossfield kicks or something. Uh, anyway, do you feel that they've kind of banked on the Madison being injury free going forward? Yeah, I think they have, and I would as well. I, I love Maddo. I think he's a tremendous player. I think people forget that he's a premiership winner as well. He came through that Rooster system. He won over there. Came up with a couple of big plays in that grand final as well. Like, he's a he's a proper footballer. He's another guy that I would put him into that Victor Radley category that, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to play origin football now. He's probably been unlucky with his timing and everything. But, mate, if he was to be picked tomorrow, he wouldn't let you down. He, he's, a, he's a proper um, professional too. Ryan Madison, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you, you've spoken to him on your, on your podcast. You'd be able to talk more about it. But, mate, every time I see him, everyone else has got a beer in their hand. He, he's got a, you know, kombucha. He's, he's all, he seems to be training all the time. He just seems to be a complete professional. So, I'm more than happy to back Maddo in to hopefully go injury-free because if he does, you've got a premier player as well. And you've also got a guy that can play lock forward as well. He's got a bit of handy balls because he can handle himself in the halves as well. Played a lot there when he was growing up. So, And the, the game you're talking about, he scored a few tries off kicks and whatnot. Uh, mate, he's got that sort of ability. He's got that sort of ability to be able to pull something out of nowhere. And then you look at the stat sheet, and he's made 45 tackles, and he's missed none. And he just he, his, mm. his edge is always so solid because of him. I, mm. I'm a big fan of Matto, and I, yeah, I, as I said, I think letting Papali'i go, I don't hate it. I think they've got enough guys to be able to cover that loss without a doubt. Yeah. And, and it's, don't get me wrong, absolutely stings. Um, Papa Lee was playing such good footy, but I just think it was a reality of the salary cap. There's only so much you can do to keep certain players. And if they could have managed to find a way to keep him, it would have been incredible for uh, the Eels. But I think they're banking on Madison Brown um, to really cover, you know, to cover that top tier of back rower that you need. Yep. Uh, I know I know Brown is a 13, but they're just that top tier edge back kind of players like you you can you put brown on his best day you put madison on his best day that's right up there with Crichton. it's right up where they're with like brown on his best days you know just a, a tick under murray a tick under isaiah yo he brings a very different kind of thing um and and i think in neil's defense brown and madison they've really struggled to get game like a long stretch of games together over the last 12 months um and the oomph that brown brings i think is going to really help them in 2023 so uh, yeah, that was a big victory. Now, this is a really interesting one, this next one, because Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 